defeated as we walk through Psalm 89 together. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merry Christmas. Our Old Testament reading today is found from the prophet Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as shale or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary, to weary men? that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading for today is found in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel, and from Matthew's gospel in the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. 
When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, this is such a wonderful day as you gather us together in your presence, in your house, with your people. Hear your word and receive your gifts. We pray that you remove distractions from our hearts and minds, work by your Spirit. And let your word settle in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. This season of Advent on these Sunday mornings, we've been walking through the texts from the prophet Isaiah as he would prophesy to God's people and let them know of the things that were coming then in that time, but then also these words of hope that would fill a future generation as they would be taken off into exile in Babylon. And this day's word is an interesting one. I mean, You've got to remember the setting of what's going on in the land of Israel at that moment in time. As Isaiah is there, remember we're years after David, the kings that had followed him had slowly just degraded in how they took care of the people. Where David had unified all of God's people into one nation, it was split again. There was a king of Israel, there was a king of Judah. You had all these folks warring against each other. In fact, the king of Israel, it was like brothers in a household. He was going to go attack the king of Judah and then sided with Syria in the north and was coming in to take over the holy land there and was fighting in the family. Things were not peaceful by any means. They weren't calm, they weren't whole, they weren't any bit about of what you would think of as peace. And so with all this tension and all these things going on, Isaiah talks to Ahaz, the king of Judah. He says, hey, uh, why don't you pray to God? Why don't you ask him for a sign of what things are going to look like? Why, Why don't you reach out to your heavenly father and seek his guidance? And trying to be very pious, he stands. He says, no, I will not test the Lord. Okay, good, fine. So you're going to weary men and also weary God as God has just reached out to you and said, hey, reach out to me, talk to me. So Isaiah gives him these words. Just so you know, Ahaz, how it's going to go. A virgin shall conceive a son and bear him, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Now, We hear God with us, and we hear it every single Christmas, and we say, that's a good thing. God with us? That's beautiful. Except, do you ever remember doing something, like maybe in your younger years, that you knew wasn't quite right, and you were waiting for mom or dad to show up? 
Was it a good thing when mom and dad showed up? I mean, you were going to get in trouble, right? This tension that comes in when you know that one has a word to judge or guide or lead and know them showing up would be ultimately a good thing for you. It's not necessarily something we're always looking forward to. I mean, if you got your hand in the cookie jar, you don't want mom walking in to find out that you got cookies in your hand in the cookie jar, right? The other day, we were driving up to Ventura, the other week, and as we were driving up, it's late at night, it's dark out, and over the years of driving, I've got used to what the headlights look like on police cars. Don't ask why, it's a story for another day. But as I would get used to those, you start to see them come in from behind, and then policemen tend to drive in a particular way that is different than a lot of other cars. And so as this car started to come in, and we're in the fast lane, and we're keeping up with traffic, if not a little more, but not by a whole lot. And we're just cruising right along, and I see these lights go right behind me. I went, oh, no. And then it went half a lane over. That's weird. And we're just cruising for about a half mile or so, and I finally look at the family. I go, we're getting pulled over. And they're like, there's no lights on. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, the car's right behind us, making room to, like, guide us all the way across, and there's just this tension. I knew I had done nothing wrong. I wasn't necessarily speeding, a little bit, but not a whole lot, no more than like anybody else on the road, right? But there was just this tension as this person of the law was then right behind me. I figured something was going to happen. It's a hard place to sit when you know that that one who has a word that's going to call you to account is now in your presence. As Isaiah looked at King Ahaz, he said, you're going to know that God is present. There's going to be one born. His name's going to be God with us. When everything's broken, I think that might have been a harder word to hear. When there isn't peace amongst God's people, that might be a hard word to hear. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden, right? God with them, good thing at creation. In fact, very good. What about after the fall? How did Adam feel about God being with them? Well, he ran and hid. That's how he felt about God being with them. He ran because he was covered in shame. He ran because he knew he hadn't listened to the word. He ran because he knew he had sinned. He ran because he knew that this God now coming into his presence was a holy thing, and he knew he was unholy. And so God being in his presence, God with him, was something that scared the snot out of Adam. And he and Eve were hanging out under a tree trying to hide in the bushes with fig leaves covering themselves, right? Not something that they wanted. What about God with creation as he brought Noah out to build an ark for the flood? There's a little bit of hope for eight people, but what about the rest? I mean, there was judgment coming with this word of God. This God being present in the middle of things was not necessarily a good thing for all those that were outside of God. This word of judgment and God coming in, God with his creation, was scary. And it goes on and on. I mean, remember the people who uh, God's people gather together in the Exodus, right? He leads them out of Egypt. He brings them to Mount Sinai. He leads them for those 30 or 40 days right over to where he wants them to be 
to take care of them and provide for them and gather them together as his people. And they get to the base of the mountain and the Lord calls Moses up onto the mountain. And then as he goes back down, all the folks say, you know what? Why don't we just keep it that way? You go and talk to him. We don't want to go up on a mountain where there's thundering and lightning and clouds all around it. We might die. In fact, that's even what God said. He said, don't let anybody come up here that isn't you or your brother unless I call you guys up here. God's presence was an awe-inspiring, bone-shaking, soul-shaking thing. And God with his people, yikes. I think we may at times lose a little bit of that reverence simply because I think Satan works in a lot of ways through our own reason and through our own desires and through our own hearts to somehow twist our minds into a point to where we feel like we deserve to be in the presence of God or that it's okay for us to just kind of waltz in and be all right in the presence of the creator of all things. It's a scary spot for a creation to be in the midst of its creator, right? How many of you heard from your parents, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out of it? <laughs> Similar type thing, except God actually, you know, has that prerogative, I guess. But nonetheless, God with his people, God in the midst of his creation, in that sense when things are broken and there is no peace, it could be a scary thing. But as we see that prophecy fulfilled, as you get the angel Gabriel come in and talk to Joseph, who has seen something weird go on in the midst of his engagement with Mary, right? He hadn't uh, spent any time with her in the house or the bedroom or anything like that. Now all of a sudden she's pregnant, she's going to bear a child. He knows it's not his and he just wants to quietly let her go to go be with family or go somewhere else. But the shame and the dishonor that would have come amongst the community because of that situation, was a lot to carry. And as this angel comes in, he talks to Joseph and he says, look, that little baby that's in there, that little baby is the one who is going to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, who said, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And Joseph's, you know, probably got his ear tuned a little bit here. And you shall call him Jesus, Yeshua. God saves his people. See, it wasn't just now that this one who is going to be born is going to be given a location of God with us, but now a new name, a new name added into the mix of what his purpose was. Salvation. Not only God with us, God for us. That's a very different thing. If you know why someone's showing up to come in, you know why they're there, that purpose that's behind, when you know that they're coming for your good, when you know that they're coming for love, when you know that they're coming to make things whole, when you know that they're coming to take care of you, 
then you want their presence. You long for their presence. You desire their presence. You want to have that as something that is so close in life to where you pray would never depart or go anywhere because that is the one thing that would then hold on to you and shape every thought and every day and every word as you would hear of this God that is not only with you, but for you. Man, that's different. That cop car that was behind us, uh, his lights never went on while they were behind us, which was a good thing. What we found out was that he was actually waiting for me to get out of the way. Because what he had done was he was trying to do a traffic break. And there happened to be a window of cars that had gone off in front of me, and I was the last one that he was waiting to just get out of the way so that he could do a traffic break for something that was going on up ahead that I had no idea about, that he had no idea about, and he probably had no idea that I knew that he was there. And I'm like, I'm not going any faster than what I'm doing. He ended up having to go around me and then just slowed everybody down. He was there for our good. He was there for our safety. He was there for our protection as he would slow the whole pace of the freeway down so that an accident that was up ahead could get cleared and get moved out of the way. See, had I known that? Wow, man, I would have been a whole lot less stressed as he was driving behind me. That's one thing for sure. And to know that God is not only with you in Christ, that God didn't only come into creation to wrap himself in his own creation so that he could be present and bring judgment and everything else, he actually came into his creation to save it, to be present with it and for it to bear the sins of yours and the sins of all of the people of Israel and the sins of all of the world upon himself so that he would bear that judgment upon himself so that being present in the midst of creation would be something that was good. It wasn't bringing the flood again. It wasn't calling the people like Adam and Eve out in their shame again. He was calling them to repentance and forgiveness. That's what God with you is all about. That's what God for you is all about in Christ. A little boy born in the manger, that little divine child, all human and all God, growing up to be the one who would not only be with his people, but save his people, to save his creation, to bear the sins of the world and protect them from the wrath of God. That's the Christ that we have. That's the Savior that we have. That's who we celebrate this evening, tomorrow morning, in all of those settings. That's who we've got as a God that is for us, who has forgiven us, who has forgiven you and taken away your sins to bury them far away so that they would not be the thing that separates you from the Father, but that he would bring peace between us and the Father a wholeness, and a relationship so that there would be nothing that would divide us from the goodness that God brings. There would be nothing that divides you from life and eternity. But only holds on to you as he continues to stand before the Father and speak for you, be your advocate, and bring peace. And that peace is yours in Christ. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done through your Son as he 
lived and died and rose again for us, as he would save us from our sins, as you would gather us together back into your presence by his work, by his victory, by all that he has done, and then handed it over to us as such a free gift, not deserved, but because of your love for us. You give us peace, you've given us hope, and we pray that as we continue to see these things, we see how you love your creation in Jesus, the one who has saved us from our sins. In his name we pray, amen. I invite you to